Green is brought to you by Galinda Mozo of Remax. Remax above the crowd. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glynis Crook. I've lived in Cape Town most of my life, but the first time I heard about a caracal was a few years ago when a friend of mine's cat was attacked by one at their house in Newlands. Since then, I seem to hear about them more often, both in the news and on social media, and was intrigued when I saw a report the other day saying that there have been less sightings recently because of the summer heat. So I decided to find out more about the animal, and I'm joined on the line now by Gabriella Layton, who works with the Urban Caracal Project at UCT's Institute for Communities and Wildlife in Africa. Gabby, firstly, for those who don't know, what is a caracal? Well, hi, Glynis, and thanks for having me on the show. So a caracal is a medium-sized wild cat. Um, They have a reddish-brown coat and large, characteristically tufted ears. And they look quite similar to a lynx, but they're actually more closely related to servals. And on the Cape Peninsula, they're around 13 to 9 kilograms. I believe that they are also known in South Africa as a roy cut. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. So that's their Afrikaans name. Okay. Are they indigenous to the Western Cape? Yes, they are indigenous. They're found throughout South Africa, but they actually have a very wide range throughout Africa and the Middle East. So basically kind of like a a big-sized cat, I should imagine. In comparison to a cat, what kind of size are we talking about? I would say they're probably three to four times larger than a domestic cat. So they can get fairly large, probably about the size of a medium-sized dog, I'd say. Now, everybody's talking about there being fewer sightings. I'm perplexed because I grew up here and no one spoke about them when I was a child or even when I was a young adult. As I said, it's only recently I've heard about them. Are there more of them than before? So they are a very elusive predator and they're very difficult to see. And before we started working on them in the Cape Peninsula, Sandpox wasn't even sure if there were caracals here. But I think the main reason that people are hearing about them more and sort of being more aware of them is because of the work that we've been doing through the Urban Caracal Project. So through public talks and news articles and social media. So it's not really that there are more of them. It's just that people are more aware of their presence and sort of the threats that they face here. So what does your project actually do then? So we're a research group, which is based at UCT, um, and we're trying to establish baseline information about caracals in this area, so population size, their health, and their distribution. But then we're also interested in the effects of urbanization on their behavior and their diet. And so we're trying to also assess threats to their survival and their health, um, which will inform us about patterns on the peninsula, but potentially beyond other parts of South Africa as well. You've actually basically answered part of my next question, because if this friend of mine's cat in Newlands got attacked by one, um, it means they're living really in very close proximity with the urban environment in Cape Town. I'm assuming they're mostly in the mountains, but what kind of threats are there to them? How have they adapted? So they adapt pretty well to living near cities. They exploit the abundant prey that's around, so guinea fowl and Egyptian geese are their main prey, and small rodents as well. But there are a lot of threats 
that are associated with urban living as well. So they get hit by cars and they also get exposed to lots of pesticides and poisons. And we've also found that poaching is quite a big threat, even in urban Cape Town. Poaching for what? What are they used for? So it's more that indiscriminate snares are set and then caracals get caught in them along with all other types of wildlife as well. So it's just a bigger problem of people setting indiscriminate snares. Can one approach them? I mean, nice kitty, or should one give them a wide berth? Definitely not. So if you see a caracal or any wildlife for that matter, it's best to give them space. And we recommend that people stay at least 100 metres away from a caracal and then obviously enjoy the experience because you're very lucky to see one in the wild. (laughs) They, I, I believe, the largest remaining predator in the Cape Peninsula. So how important are they in terms of maintaining our rather unique biodiversity? Yeah, that's right. So they're the largest predator left on the peninsula because Cape leopards and lions aren't here anymore. And so that means that they've become much more important as an apex predator in the system, um, which means that they're kind of have this important role of maintaining the ecosystem balance um, as the main predator. So basically, you are very lucky if you see one, but you should keep your distance. Yes, that's right. Thanks so much to Gabriella Layton of the Urban Caracal Project, who's a PhD candidate with the Institute for Communities and Wildlife in Africa in UCT's Biological Sciences Department. To find out more about the organization, you can go to www.urbancaracal.org. And that's it for this week. Till next time, from me, Glynis Crook, take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax. Remax. Above the crowd. A global challenge to environmentalists is to make all people aware of how their behavior impacts on the Earth's natural resources. How we tread as individuals, corporates, and government affects the circle of life. Galinda Moser of Remax Living is committed to the health and well being of your family. This starts with your home and ends with your planet. That's why Galinda is the proud sponsor of Being Green on Fine Music Radio. For now and future generations, Remax. Above the crowd. FMR.